A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. I always appreciate your perspective. Mm. Oh, damn, that's good. <clears throat> yes, sir, that's the only reason I do this podcast anymore. <laughs> Welcome to Ale with Angel, I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we're reviewing season... Wow, for some reason in my notes I wrote season five. Today we're reviewing Angel Season 2, Episode 20, Over the Rainbow. No, fuck it. Let's do Season 5, Episode 20 of Angel. <laughs> we're skipping ahead, motherfuckers. It's going to be okay. I don't think I want to do that. It's going to be okay. There's, there's supposed to be some good episodes in between those. Sure. I don't remember hearing that at all. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Over the Rainbow. Somewhere. Yes. There's... Something on the rainbow. <laughs> Some thing. Oh, complete side note, by the way. Uh, I just saw news that they are recording voices for uh, that you can select to be the computer voice in Elite Dangerous. Ooh. And one of them is Shatner. Shatner. Oh, yes. Another one is Brent Spiner. Uh, it's actually yes. Brent Spiner? Yes, it's, a it's the actual actors doing the voices. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Wait, oh, William Shatner is actually recording yes. his yes. personal voice. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, for for the computer voice in, in Elite Dangerous. All I want them to do with, with Elite <laughs> Dangerous is put an actual Deep Space Nine right? <laughs> and a wormhole where it is in, you know, canonically in Star Trek. And it could be the only wormhole. Sure. Just the only wormhole in the entire game. Yeah, it's the only one the Federation knows about. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Well, are you ready to talk about Angel? Yes. Well, too fucking bad. We have other things to do first, Rex. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. For starters, I have to fucking doodle do. Again. <laughs> and, and again and again and again until you've learned your lesson i'll get the tarp <laughs> and the bucket <laughs> and the wheelbarrow oh not the wheelbarrow again come on <laughs> not the wheelbarrow again oh god yep the wheelbarrow the tarp the mop the zamboni zamboni Mm -hmm. I don't remember Zamboni last time. Get Shaquille O'Neal out here. He's the only one tall enough for what we need to do. Ah, uh, yes. Those doodle-doos are so high up. I... Why can't we just use a ladder? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's why. I have some drywall stilts. Fuck a doodle-doo, Rex. <laughs> Which is code for executive Patreon supporters. They are... Bridget McCloy, Dead Serious, Callista, Ali Bonarigo, Nathan Lancey, Kristen Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodle Doo, 
Dee Sheringhausen, Clubby the Seal, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Likes Turtles, Scarlet Choi, Janella Lindauer, Bad at Changing Their Name Heaps, Kfro Gnome, sorry, Kfro Horse Dildo with BWB Logo Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, <laughs> Matthew Indeberg, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and as always... Carrie fucking Phillips. <laughs> Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. That's what I keep hearing. That's what you yeah. keep telling me. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's true. One of these days, I'm going to believe <clears throat> it. Well, currently, I can't afford to buy our beverages for the show, so the, the, the ginger beer we have is purely because... Oh, is this Buffy money again? Yeah. Ah, well, excellent. <laughs> Woo! Hey, guess what else, everybody? We have a couple new iTunes reviews. Yeah, we're we're up to 60 reviews now? Yeah. Plus the ones plus the uh the European ones, so at yep. least 65, 67, yeah. something like that. I forget how many are over there. But yeah, hey. once we get to 75, which should happen here just, you know, in a year or two, we're going to give away another free hoodie. Yeah. And everybody who's written a review, keyword written, not just the five stars, is automatically qualified to win that hoodie unless you have already won the hoodie. Literally everybody else, super qualified. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, and only yep. one person has won mm -hmm. the hoodie. We did give away a couple t-shirts, but it's that's not the same. Nope, not the same. Doesn't matter. Anyway, Rex, go ahead and read us a review. All right. We got this review was... Put in on the 13th of November by Zach the Swamp Maniac, titled The Most Intriguing Buffy Podcast. The most intriguing. Yes, you hear that? The hear? most. It reads, having watched all episodes more than once and continually keeping up with the show, I can say it's the only Buffy podcast I personally can regularly listen to and not grow bored or lose focus on. Every episode has me laughing at both hilarious host rex and josh hey he called me hilarious i knew you'd like that they never miss on the comedy all while still giving a great review of a buffy or angel episode highly recommend for anyone who wants an easy listening fun and informative review of buffy the vampire series thank you so much zach yeah but guess what we're not done circle jerking ourselves yet so Strap on, strap in, strap down. We got one more from Natlint. Five-star review, November 24th, 2022. Hey, that's like yesterday. Yeah. Titled, Can't Miss for Buffy Fans! Exclamation point. Ooh. I should have written this long ago. That's right, Natlint. You should have. <laughs> Thought I did. Great podcast. Funny and insightful with just enough inappropriateness. Just enough. You hear that? And I'm, like, bringing it. <laughs> and it's only just enough. This guy is insatiable. Anyway, no long lectures on blaming society and writers from 20 years ago for not having today's values. Yeah, that'd be pretty shitty. Thanks for noticing. Just the right amount of fun and respect for the show. I just started on season four. We'll probably catch up about the time they finish. Super excited for the rest of the journey with these guys 20 miles down the road. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Cool, cool, cool. That's pretty awesome. I, I love it when we get them in spurts like that. Yeah, me too, me too. Because um, sometimes it gets kind of demoralizing only getting one like every six months. Um, but, you know, 
not to be sad boy, sit here and feel all sorry for myself or anything, but review us more. It's literally the best thing you can do to help us out, preferably iTunes, but other reviews on other platforms help too. Well, everybody, we've got uh, one more announcement to make because we don't want it to be a surprise this time. Uh, we've gotten infamous for uh, taking long breaks with very little to no notice. And last time we kind of feel like dicks because we didn't do anything about the Patreon. We just kept taking your money. Well, we're not going to do that again because it was a dick move. We're sorry about that. Exactly. So uh, we just wanted you to know, as soon as we finish up season two of Angel and season five of Buffy, we are going to take a break Yep. for approximately two months. And we're going to announce that every episode from here until we do that. It's going to be around the end of, uh, I, I believe we figured out January 16th will be the last episode that we do for a while. Um, yeah, roughly we, around there. Yeah. And we're going to pause all of our Patreon uh we're going to pause all payment on our Patreon subscriptions for the duration of our break, and we will keep you updated on when we're coming back. Don't worry, we are coming back. But And in the meantime, you'll be able to listen to me still on my other podcast, our sister podcast, Wubba Lubba Pod Pod! <laughs> At Wubba Lubba Pod Pod. I think you enjoy saying that. Just Wubba Lubba Pod too, Pod! A little too much. <laughs> Yeah, that is correct. But the big thing here also is during our break, we have a particularly special treat. We are planning a live Q&A with patron supporters, mm -hmm. uh, probably a week or two after our last episode is released. And that will be specifically if you're a Patreon supporter at any level, no matter how much money you're giving, you will get to participate in the live stream. Uh, that means you'll be in the chat. You can chat with us, give us questions, and we will answer them on the spot. But also, we are going to be calling for questions from general fans that will go to our Twitter or our Facebook that we can also answer on the live stream. And then well after the event, we'll probably we'll make that public for on YouTube and whatnot. But the actual live Q&A will be only patron supporters. Correct. So you have time now between hearing about this and that event to sign up for Patreon and, you know, become a supporter if you want to be part of that event. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you mention that we are, are also fielding public questions and yes. um, mail-in questions if you can't be there at the live Q&A? Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I wasn't listening. It happens. <laughs> it sure does. And then, yeah, that concludes all peripheral business. Now it's time for a mom synopsis. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Does this shiny bikini make me look fat? <laughs> yes, it makes you look like a cow, Joshua. Silence! Off with her head! Joshua. I mean, if I'm a cow, what does that make you? <gasps> Joshua! <laughs> Are you calling your mother a cow? Yes. Okay, not exactly. Well, that's more like it. Now apologize to your... I'm actually calling you a bitter old sow. Well, it takes one to know one. Yes. And you know what else it takes to know one? A child who respects his elders? No, that's just fucking stupid. It takes a magic portal book, obviously, but unfortunately, the one Angel has is out of batteries. 
So they have to find a new psychic hotspot in order to get to Lauren's homeworld, Pylea, in order to save Cordelia. The four of them take the convertible through the portal, which keeps them from being separated. Cordy is having a hard time being treated as a slave cow, where she meets Fred while shoveling some poop, and then draws attention to herself by having a vision. The guys eventually are captured and taken to be sentenced at the castle. They make a last-ditch escape effort just as they are presented to their leader, who happens to be Cordelia, whom they now worship presumably because of the visions thing. The end. Ladies. Gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Yeah, we open the episode at Caritas with Wesley, Angel, and Lorne, you know, having just closed the portal, and they take a moment to realize that Cordelia is missing. They're frantically looking around. They cannot find her anywhere. Of course, she obviously would have had to have quickly hid. Like, why would she not just be still standing there? Yeah. Um, did we not? I thought, well, we started off in Pylea, though, didn't we? Or was that just a repeat A repeat of the end yeah, of the last episode? Yeah, that was a repeat of the tail end of the last episode. Um, yeah, but we didn't see the uh, the demon dog thing yet. No, that happens after this scene. Oh, okay. I'll just stop talking. <laughs> no, we we get a moment where they're freaking out that, that Cordy's gone. Then we cut to Pylea, where Cordy finds herself in the woods and trying to find everyone, apparently. Yeah. And then, stupidly, yelling for help. Right. And then she even chastises herself for how stupid it is. She's like, great, just yell for help really loudly in this alien planet <laughs> yeah, and make all the demons come straight to me. And then they do. Well, yeah. okay, one of them anyway. Um, and it looks suspiciously similar to their design for a werewolf because it's just a dude in a costume. Yeah. I do want to note that she attempts to get home by clicking her heels together, which is, you know... A fun little nod to the the title of the episode, Over the Rainbow. Yeah. I thought that was dumb. I liked it. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I'm just having a cynical day. I don't know. More cynical than usual. But yeah, she's trying to find a silver lining. uh, But no, there are no silver linings. There are only demons. Only demon dogs that are clearly just a human doing the quadruped thing. I mean... The guy that they cast is doing a really good job. Right, like got to give him. Can that. you imagine the kind of like fitness you have to have to run on all fours? Yeah, you know, I have dreams where I do that all the time. It's actually easier for me to run on all fours in dreams than it is to run as a biped. That's weird. Yeah, it's kind of fun it's though. Very weird. <laughs> um, so it chases her. Uh, my Really, my only criticism of this demon dog thing is that it didn't have giant dangly nuts. That would have really added a ton to the realism for me. In fact, just make the actor play it nude and call it an art film. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Opening credits. I, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. Back at Caritas, Angel's freaking out. Lawrence yeah. also freaking out. Wesley 
uh, keeping it fairly cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's... Honestly, he shows a lot of, re- like, calm restraint through this whole episode. He does. Yeah. He's really coming along. Good for him. So proud of him. Angel wants to open up a portal and leap balls first into another dimension to save Cordelia. Like, okay, easy there, hot tits. But yeah, it turns out it doesn't work. He complains that the book must be out of batteries. Lauren is trying desperately to get drunk. <laughs> but um, can't. I'm like, wait, you can't? You run a bar, bro. <laughs> is it, I, I mean, too high of a tolerance or is it something about his uh, it, I race? Think- it it's species. specifically it's specifically like his biology mm. doesn't allow him to get drunk. Has this come up before? No, this is the first time it came up. But I actually pulled it up on the wiki, oh. and it's, this is a norm for his biology. And this this works so well, I think, because it makes sense to me now as to why he would be so ridiculously anal about the quality of his cocktails. Hmm. Because he can't get drunk, so he's drinking it solely for the flavor. For the taste, yeah. Hmm. Man, that sucks. Yeah. Ha, jeez. Well, all right. Well, Angel says, fuck logic. And he starts reading this incantation to open up a portal. It doesn't work. He tries it from where the portal was before on stage. Bubkiss. So he, he correctly presumes that the book must be out of batteries. He must have bought it from Radio Shack. <laughs> Does anybody get that joke anymore? Radio Shack's too old. Are we too, just too old? We're we're just too old. Yeah, we're relics. Okay. I, uh, there was a question that was posed on Twitter about uh, tabletop role playing and whatnot. Yeah. And when I answered it, I was mentioning how I had been playing for so long, and I realized that I have been playing D anD D for more than half of my life. Hmm. And I have been playing for over 20 years. That'll do it. You know what made me feel old? My current partner. Well, we were, we were chatting about college. We went to the same college. And another friend of ours uh, casually was like, oh, was there any crossover in the time? Oh, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And they're like, hey, fuck you. And I'm like, no, I'm just calling myself old. Yeah. They're like, oh, I thought you were saying I didn't go to college for very long. I'm like, no, why would I say that? <laughs> um, just to put things in perspective, I graduated college in 2008, and then they were like, oh, I graduated high school in 2014. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Old. So don't old. don't ever question my oldness ever again. Uh, last <laughs> night, yesterday for us, at the time of this recording, yesterday was Thanksgiving, and I was at my dad's for dinner, and he pointed out that I have two years to 40. Yeah, no shit. Am I 37 or 38? I forget. You're 38. Fuck you. <laughs> I hate you. We're in the half of year that we're the same age. So I just watched, you know, fuck the tangent. I'm going on a tangent. So I just watched an episode of Deep Space Nine, and it's the one where Colm Meany, Chief O'Brien, is playing this weird space version of racquetball with uh, Bashir. Dr. Bashir. And Bashir's just cleaning the floor with him, kicking his ass. And Chief O'Brien goes back to his quarters and complains about it to his wife, Keiko. And, well, that also happens. But Bashir is talking about it to Dax later. And 
he's like, well, you know, I feel bad for him. Uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to humiliate him. Uh, but, you know, some people just naturally slow down. And Dax is like, he can't be that slow. He doesn't look at day over 38. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> no way. I'm the same age oh now God. that Chief O'Brien was fucking look it up in now. fucking Deep Space Nine. But apparently. Oh, my God. I was like, wait, are you telling me all these other main characters are like mid to late 20s? Is that what's going on? That's probably what's going on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's see. Of course, the internet is slow as balls. You know what would make the internet um, faster than balls? What's that? Is if that stupid demon monster <laughs> had some big saggy balls. Like, if my roommate's cat has some big hairy balls, I think they can put some big hairy balls on a demon monster in a TV show. <laughs> Just me? If I have to look at truck nuts, <laughs> and we can put some big hairy balls on a demon monster in a 20-year-old TV show. Am I right or am I right? Or am I right? Am uh, I right? What, what season was that episode? Right. Season two. Season two. So the second. Mid-season two-ish. I want to say episode 12-ish, or maybe. <laughs> you calculating... Uh, I'm calculating Colmini's age. No, I'm calculating it off of the canonical age of the character. Okay, okay. Uh, because canonically, he was born in 2328. That's some nerdy shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it happens. I think the actor's older than the character, though. Because Colmini has to be like 40 in, when he starts the show. Oh my god, I just said 40 like it's fucking old. Yeah, fuck. The time span of Deep Space Nine started in 2369. Nice. <laughs> this was 2370. So yeah, he's he's 42 canonically. He's four. Uh, what do you during mean 2370. 2370 is the year, the second year that the Federation maintained Deep Space Nine. Okay. So season two of Deep Space Nine was in the year 2370. So he is 42, and the character is 42 years old. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. 2369 would have been the third year of the third season of the original series, and then Deep Space Nine doesn't happen until the 90s, because they always line up the years of the air dates with the... No, Deep Space Nine started halfway through, I think. I don't know. This isn't a Star Trek podcast. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina, and I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. So anyway, Wesley suggested before, and he suggests again, uh, that... They should go back to the hotel and figure out how to open the portal. Uh, Lorne thinks that they're better off not going to his world at all, especially looking all human-like. Yeah. And Angel's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Cut to Lorne's world, where we find out what the hell that's supposed to mean. Yeah. Cordy runs from the demon, the neutered demon. Mm, yeah. Much to Josh's dismay. It could just be female. Yeah, possible. But I think he the owner does call it a boy. Like, good boy. I don't remember, though. 
Maybe they're non-gendered. Not yeah, could be could be completely asexual is that, I don't know. Non-gendered, that's the one. But yeah, they're like shrimp. The demon chases her down, tackles her and then licks her face with its gross fork-tongued alien nasty and she's pretty grossed out too. Um and they try to do this thing where it's like licking a point of view of Cordy's face, yeah. but it's clearly not quite making contact with what would be the yeah, screen. Yeah, prob- probably because, you know, she didn't want her face actually licked by this person. <laughs> well, no, it would have been licking the lens of the camera. Oh, yeah. In, t- in order to get that shot. And they're like, yeah, don't lick the lens of the camera, asshole. <laughs> but it also wasn't a real tongue. So, right. you know, are you going to do it right or not, assholes? <laughs> anyway. Uh, moments later, a uh, humanoid demon comes along and calls the animalistic demon Offer, then proceeds to call her a cow and take her prisoner because she's now a slave. And then he gags her because that'll bring down her price at the market. So, oopsie-doo. Yeah, probably should have run yeah. instead of trusting the first random whack-a-mole to come along. But now you're being sold into slavery. I don't see what the problem is. Couldn't possibly turn out bad. No. Cut to the Hyperion, where Lauren explains very poorly at first that he has no idea how or why a portal opened up in front of him one day in Pylea. He just hoped really hard that he would get away from home, and then a portal well, opened up in front I mean, of him. The way he pre- the way he presents it is kind of like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Well, he, he literally, wanted the fuck out of there. He literally presents it that way. Yeah. <laughs> like he he wanted the fuck out of there. He got out of there, and also turns out that the portal that he opened, he came into the world in a warehouse that he turned into Caritas. Right, and that's a fun so, little like, backstory. Yeah. But Angel's a huge <clears throat> dick about it. He's like, "What do you mean you don't know?" It's like, fucking, he doesn't know. He said he doesn't know. Yeah, what what do you want from him? Like you don't know. You've seen two portals now, and you don't know. Right. So, Lauren also explains that while Pylea is not a literal hell, it is a close second because it has no music. Oh, no. I mean, I can think of a few other reasons, but yeah. sure, let's go with the no music thing. Why not? Wesley confirms Angel's theory that the portal was, in fact, out of batteries. Yes. Also adds that the separate entities going through the portal tend to separate upon arrival. Yeah. Meaning... Two people could easily arrive on opposite sides of the planet. And uh, uh, I think this was a clever way to not bring back Landokmar. Right. Because now we know why Cordy didn't arrive with him, even though they yeah. both left at the same time. Which they were probably like, eh, we're done with him. I was done with Landokmar. That's for fucking sure. I like how later on they end up, when they end up in Pylea, that's where Lorne was from, mm-hmm. specifically, is like... He's obviously from the village that they're in. Yeah. But it's like, where the fuck did Landok go? Like, he he's on the opposite side of the planet. I kind of want a flash, <laughs> a flashback, or you know what I mean, a yeah. cutaway. Yeah, a little a little cutaway, and we find out, like, he's in the North Pole or some shit. Exactly. Freezing his ass off. Not dead, but just hilariously suffering. Yes. <laughs> I just need that little bit of schadenfreude, because fuck that guy. That guy's an asshole. So Gun enters... And he stops in just long enough to be like, hey, guys, I have to go fill in this massive plot hole. I just realized that I've been neglecting my people, like Josh and Rex have been saying ever since I joined the <laughs> show and started getting paid. 
So, so he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go back to doing that now. I know Cordy's all like trapped in another dimension and shit. So good luck with that. Peace. And then this is when Lauren takes it upon himself to also express how he is not going with them. Fuck that. Not doing it. Oh, he doesn't just jump on the band bandwagon. He fucking builds the bandwagon <laughs> and then jumps on the horse that's pulling it. Yeah. It's like, everybody aboard the not going back to Pylea train. But he does want to help, so he does, you know, go ahead. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for humoring me. Lauren does want to help, though, even though he doesn't want to go to the Pylea, he is going to see about finding that hot spot for him. And he fucks off to go do that. And then we get a little moment with Angel and Wesley just being very determined that they're going to save Cordy. Yeah, had to have this moment of uh, stern, intense, broody nonsense between Angel and Wes about gun having, you know, the gun does have people to take care of and... I mean, so does Angel, goddammit. So does Angel. And isn't that what's important? <laughs> Angel. Not gun. Angel. The name of the show is fucking Angel. <laughs> does, does, does the opening theme song sound like blam, 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 blam? No, it does not. It sounds like a fucking angel is playing the fucking cello. It sounds like cats meowing <laughs> by dragging... Oh my god. A piece of string across another different type of string. And it makes it go Is that what you would determine as an angel playing the cello? That's correct. Sounds angelic to me. I think I think you might have some questionable taste in music. I guarantee it. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> Cut to Pylea. Uh, back to Pylea. Cordy is being uh, carted to the slave market, literally carried by her hands and feet strapped to a stick. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, she does, however, fetch a nice price at the market. Yeah. One pig and a pint of flib liquor. A pig and a pint. <laughs> <laughs> Pig and a pint? <laughs> Smoking a crepe? Anyway. Personally, I'd have paid two pigs, but not a piglet more. I mean, it depends on the pig. If a pig is a dollar, wouldn't a piglet be like a dime or a penny? Sure. Depending on the size. This brings up a question to me, though. <laughs> this brings up a question. So is this, is Pylea a secondary dimension or a parallel dimension? So, like, it's... Apparently, it's not Earth, but they have humans and pigs on this planet. Hmm. So, is it a parallel Earth? Um, or is it a whole other dimension that somehow humans had gotten there? Okay, so the only distinction between a parallel dimension and a secondary dimension is it, the planet? Well, yeah. Like, is it is it the planet Earth? just with different things going on, like how Sliders was parallel planets? Right. Or is it a different world altogether, like the geography, the... And obviously I there's two suns, be, it so. would, Yeah, it would have to be a different world altogether because it has two suns. So I'm fascinated to wonder, how did pigs and humans end up on this planet? Well, I mean, they transposed the word slave for cow. Right. Because clearly when they say cow, 
It does not mean the same thing that no. we think of when we say cow. Um, it might have just been a more PC and funny way of saying slave. I don't know. It's just it's just a curious thought of like how the the history of this situation would be. And I didn't and, see uh, any pigs, no. so it could just be a translation thing. Maybe. Um, I mean, they're horses. You do see an alien horse, and it does not look like a horse. So, while she's shoveling, while she's shoveling poop. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she specifically calls it demon horse poop. I think either that or alien horse poop. Right. Anyway, my vote is secondary dimension by your definition. But it does just you know, it's an interesting thought of like, okay, but how did humans get here? Right. Well, I don't know how the the multiverse works. So I'm just I'm in a very uh world building headspace because of specific books I've been reading and the fact that I'm working on news stories and whatnot. And just that's the kind of questions that pop into my head with this stuff now. Fascinating. Cut to the call center for sham psychics, where Lauren finds a friend named Aggie, who's a real psychic. Oh, we missed the part where uh he sold he sold Cordy and put a shock collar on her. Oh yeah. She's got a, a brand new shiny shock collar. Oh boy. Yeah. Um some people pay good money for that kind of thing. I'm not sure who, but I'll take your word for it. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah, they did pay good money for it. They paid a pig and a pint. <clears throat> the ultimate price. Uh you you missed the reference. I'm talking BDSM. There's people who would pay to wear a shock collar. Oh. Go to special clubs for that sort of thing. Oh. So Lauren's talking to his friend (laughs) Aggie, who's a real psychic, just like him. And she'll only help him find a psychic hotspot if he promises to go with them because he has to work through all of his shit. I kind of like the way they they put this together, though, because it's not her... Like the reading that she does with him is plausible, I guess, mm. where it's not just her like pulling information out of her ass. She's just like, well, you know, you have this spots in your aura that tell me that, you know, you have something that you need to face. You need to face this fear and, mm. you know, encourages him to do it. And so I'm I was pleased that it made sense to me. It wasn't just like, oh, I have a vision of a prophecy or some shit like that. Yeah. I also liked that it kind of fills out some backstory for Lorne. Yeah. And he's not just this two-dimensional character who's just always at the bar that he runs, which, I mean, they've already done that, obviously, but, you know, this is making it look like there's this network of psychics out yeah. there, that, and he's pulling on background strings to get this information and the whole vibe between these two characters i got kind of a like master apprentice sort of feel out of them like this is somebody that he has taught at one point and like she's you know gone on to do her own thing uh yeah kind of sort of yeah at the very least she's gotten readings from him and now he's calling in a favor exactly absolutely um i had a quote of the day here lawrence says Hey, I'd rather have a hydrochloric acid facial. I'd rather invite a hive of wasps to nest in my throat. I'd rather sit through a junior high school production of Cats. You see where I'm going with this? 
uh, not Pylea? You goddamn right. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say that, but the follow-up with the third worst thing being a high, junior high production of Cats, that's what got me. See, I think my favorite part about that is, like, this was a joke he made before they made that fucking movie. Is it? Yeah. Was it before the movie? Oh, yeah. Well, dude, that movie was recent. Huh. The, the play, the Broadway play was relatively newer at the time i think mm. well and i mean like it was touted as being really really bad when you say recent how recent like give me a ballpark last year five years 2019 okay i didn't even know about that and because it's Awful. I think there was a Broadway recording before that, so like anybody yes. could watch it. But why would the? You? But the the point is, is like, Cats has always been bad. I think that's the joke, though. Nobody does Cats because it's good. They do Cats because it sells. Because people are stupid. Well, the only the only reason it did well on Broadway in the beginning was because of the other things playing on Broadway at the time. And it was the only family-friendly one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I had a director, uh, the guy who directed the production of Tommy that I was in. He was in Cats. Oh, really? Yeah, briefly. Yeah, he always talked about how he, uh, when I was at the, <laughs> I don't know, there was a big party for everyone who'd ever been in that run of Cats, the really long run right. that lasted like years and years and years. So it was like fucking everybody. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I was not impressed. He was a terrible singer. Great dancer, though. Um, terrible director. Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's listening to this podcast. Yeah, everyone listens to this podcast. So she gives him the psychic hotspot uh, location that he needs because she's probably got different psychic powers than him. You're not real. Cut back to the Hyperion where Angel is still being a big bitchy bastard hole and being all pushy about Wes finding the solution. I get that it's because he cares about Cordy. It's kind of sweet, really, but also just really shitty. Well, his his whole fucking tone is like, Wesley, you're holding back. Obviously, you know exactly where it is and why aren't you telling me? Yeah. Like, that's his whole attitude. And it's like, no, bullshit. It, Obviously, he cares too. It's like the guy with the knights in the episode of Buffy who's like, I want through this uh, wall now. Right. Oh, oh, right now? Right now? Oh, we, we were going to wait. I was going to go get a coffee. <laughs> yeah. And we can do this right now, though. This thing that I'm actively working on at this exact moment. Yeah. I know I made that exact same comment last episode. Right. Still applies. Oh, no. It, it definitely still applies. <laughs> this, this actually makes me remember a time I was working on someone's computer. <laughs> and... I was going through and transferring files to a separate disk before I wiped the disk. And they're like super impatient, like wanting it to like get done quick. And it's like, <laughs> I can, it can only write data so fast. Yeah, that's not how and it's this like, works. It's like this. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, and they're, they're like, oh, why is this taking so long? It's like, because it is. Like, I, I can't do anything but wait here while it works. 
Yeah. Here, let me see if I can uh, <laughs> enhance. <laughs> yeah. Zoom in. Oh, see, there's the problem. The nanobots need to be whipped. All right. I'm glad you told me to go faster, you piece of shit. God damn. All right. So, <laughs> side plot. Uh, Wolfram and Hart send in a couple of fucking rando lawyers to appraise the building because they intend to buy it when the lease is up. I thought Angel owned it. Uh, apparently he's just renting. I don't remember any uh, anything I, about the logistics of how he acquired it. I mean, there was some brief things where with the like billionaire tech dude, like helped him get it. Yeah, but, like why? I just can't imagine why Angel would have leased the thing and not bought the thing. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense now that you mention it. And maybe they retconned it so that they could do this thing for some maybe. artificial drummed up uh, plot complication shit so a uh, quarter of the day here angel says lawyers don't you people sleep during the day because <laughs> he's a vampire oh god yeah so they want to look around but angel's vamp face says otherwise yes they snidely threaten to escalate the issue and find some loopholes in his lease and then they fuck off and angel's yeah, like that's it yeah yeah fuck you Haha, guess I'll have to deal with that in six months. Or, you know, he won't because he'll be dead. Right. Honestly, I think that's partly like he's like, oh, yeah, let's go to Pylea. Maybe I won't have to deal with that other problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave that problem for gun. <laughs> so that's future Angel's problem. <laughs> exactly. But off in Pylea land. Yeah. Cordelia is shoveling some demon horse shit and listing off all of the things she'd like to be doing back home. Yeah. And, you know, I can't blame her. I, I don't think I would. I, I don't think I want to shovel demon horse poop. Yeah. I'd rather read magazines and go to restaurants or whatever the fuck she was talking about, too. And then uh, she starts to try and take off her collar, but gets stopped by another slave which we haven't learned yet. This other slave is Fred, but it's Fred. It's Fred. And Fred gives her kind of a rundown. Of, you know, you can't take the collar off and whatnot. But yeah. Don't do that. Your head might implode. And then yeah. it'd be fairly difficult to talk to you. And she, she phrased it very nicely. She said, then I can't talk to you. I'm like, oh, she needs a friend. Yeah. And it's hinted that she was transported here by portal, just like Gordy. You know, five years ago. She kind of grills Cordy about the portal thing and how she got here. Briefly mentions she tried to get home, but she didn't have the math. And Fred has a very distinct southern accent, that, he, and she's just clearly out of her fucking gourd. Yeah. You know, five years in a demon dimension might do that to you. Yeah, particularly when, you know, you're a librarian, and you pick up this book and you're like, huh, this is weird. And then suddenly find yourself in the demon dimension. Yeah. Like, that would break someone's brain a bit, I think. Just a little bit. Have a little trouble coping. Yeah. Like, I imagine if Cordy was stuck here for five years in the same kind of life, she would break. But she would have at least known what the cause of what brought her here was. Absolutely. Like, I can imagine that Fred, a few years into being in Pylea would worry that the memories she had from earth were like a dream or something hmm. like that would fuck with your brain in weird ways. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yes. But she's getting along fairly well, considering the circumstances. Uh, as we learn only a moment later, uh, when a bunch of fuckers bust down the door into the barn, including this big green Shrek-looking motherfucker in, yeah. a, in this black hood named... His name is Narwek, we find out later. Yep. And he barges in yelling, Fugitive! Yeah, it turns out that she has somehow disabled her collar. Because she's a clever cow. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was a good disguise. They think she's owned, yeah. but she's using it to move freely. Ha ha. Using the slaver's tools against them. I like it. So they wrangle Fred and they take her away while yelling at Cordy to lay face down in the poop. Yep. That's when they mention Fred having a disabled uh, clever collar cow. Clever cow. Cowler. Yes. Sure. That's... <laughs> uh, which is high praise coming from these fucking nitwits. Right. <clears throat> back at the Hyperion. Yeah, back at the hotel in Angel's office now, apparently. Yep. It's it's no longer Wesley's office anymore. I mean, there's enough space in there for them all to have an office. I guess. But did he get the good office back? Maybe he's I, just kind it, of sharing it with Wesley. Yeah, maybe. But he's on the phone leaving a voicemail. Turns out it's for Gunn, but we don't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, just kind of giving him a rundown of things that are happening and, you know, like, hey, this lease thing is going to be a problem. But also it makes sense that leave someone behind with information. It does, in fact. And uh, it sounds like it's awful sad. One yeah. might even say it's a bit broody. Yeah, a little bit. And then Lauren comes in and Angel Angel says he's just waiting for Wesley to have a literal eureka moment. <laughs> and uh, not really a Voldemort flip here, but super in character for everyone involved. Quote of the day. Lauren says, he actually says eureka? <laughs> and of course, Wesley knows how to open the portal now. Yes. Not even a mention from Lauren about that psychic hot spot. Well, it's about fucking time, Wesley, you worthless piece of stinking awful. Well, no, it wasn't that he was trying to figure out how to open the portal. He was trying to figure out how to keep them together if when they go through the portal. Sure. They well, already knew how to open it once they found the hot spot. They just needed to figure out how to go through the portal together and stay together in a group. Sure. Yeah. I personally like the word Eureka. I think it's totally valid for Wesley to use it. It's not terrible. I'm going to mostly agree with you on that. <laughs> Cut to Pylea, where we're back to Pylea. Cordy is yep. holding a bucket of viper's milk yes. and a bunch of other shit at the market with her new owner, whatever the fuck her name was. I don't care. I, I don't I don't know that they had a name. They did. No uh, Cordy actually calls her by name. I'm oh. surprised she doesn't immediately get the shit kicked out of her for it. Right. Uh Cow, don't use my name. Anyway, no, she's fine with it, but she's like, you better stand up straight, cow. That viper's milk is worth more than you. And we all know that Cordy's about to have a vision. Oh, shit, yep. oh, shit, oh, shit. It's rather poorly timed. She kind of drops the viper's milk, but it, it doesn't spill too much. I think she does pretty good, yeah, all she, things considered. All things considered. Um, But no, she has a vision of somebody getting attacked by the demon from the previous episode. Specifically, one of their villagers. Yeah, one of their vi villagers. And then everyone gathers around to go, <gasps> she's a witch! Yeah, and nobody acts on it right away. They do later, so yeah. whatever. And they all look at it. Yeah, she's exactly. She's cursed. She's cursed. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. <laughs> I got better. <laughs> 
back in the real world in the car in yep. the, in the convertible on the street at yeah. night time. And turns out the hotspot is Paramount Studios, the gate to Paramount Studios. Oh, was it? I didn't even notice. Yep. Huh. Yeah, I just happened to recognize the gate, and then I double-checked it, and it is, in fact, Paramount Studios. Oh, okay, so the sign wasn't, like, in the episode or anything. Nope. Okay. But Angel and Wesley are sitting in the front seat, Lauren in the back, pondering over Wesley's level of positivity that the metal around the car will actually keep them together once they get to Pylea. And then Gunn jumps in the back of the car, now having resolved his major plot hole for nearly a full quarter of an episode. Yeah. And he's back to say, you know what? Fuck those guys. Y'all my <laughs> peeps now or some such. Well, so Wes- Wesley's expressing his stress of trying to figure it out because he like basically once they once they ask him, are you sure that the the car thing is going to work you know wesley starts doubting himself and at that moment as he's doubting himself we hear gun suck it up english as he hops in the back <laughs> we we learn that angel had called him and left him the voicemail mm-hmm. and it convinced him to go and they bring up the point of angel saying you know i thought it'd be good if somebody stayed behind someone who had stayed behind had known some shit that was going on Mm -hmm. and then proceed to not leave anyone behind who knows what's going on not only that but gun apparently (laughs) got the message that angel left him as you mentioned which categorically did not and could not have included lauren's contribution of the location of the hot spot correct but hey now this is a road trip to pilea all right But I say, fuck it. Let's make a pit stop at the Plot Hole Emporium. (laughs) Welcome, Rex, to the Plot Hole Emporium. Behold our plentiful overstock. Today, we're having a buy one, get two free sale on all Renfair stock and really shitty bee actors. (laughs) Need some Plot Hole Spackle? Well, we don't sell that here. But what we can do is fill up your plot hole with premium nitrogen and seal it over with grade A Play-Doh. It's airtight, seamless, and tastes like crayons. Not that I would know. Disclaimer, not actually airtight or seamless. (laughs) So fill up those old plot holes with childlike wanton abandon. Don't worry about how your characters are getting their information and just enjoy the damn ride. Roads, where we're going, we don't need Oh, wait. No, actually, we are in desperate need of roads, which is why (laughs) we need plot holes. We'll be there, filling them with demon horse shit. Now get back to work, you worthless cows. I, I cannot believe this. How does the plot hole emporium not carry plot spackle? Because <laughs> that would actually <sighs> fill the plot holes. You can't. But it's the plot hole emporium. They're supposed to have everything. They sell the holes. They only sell the holes. They don't fill the holes. I guess. <laughs> God, I was. <coughs> I left them a good Yelp review and everything. Whoops. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> the plot hole emporium is responsible for the show being shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's where they spackle. shop. That's uh, anyway. Jeez. I can hold a note for a long time. <laughs> Actually, I can hold a note forever. But eventually, that's just noise. It's the change we're listening for. The note coming after and the one after that. That's what makes it music.
<laughs> so yeah, they tell Lorne one last time to sit down and shut the fuck up because you're coming with us. Now buckle up, fuckos, because we're going shopping. <laughs> with approximately 96% certainty, 4% chance of spaghettification and or any unknown quantity of horrific body horror scenarios, Siamese twins head and rock swapping penises, mouth replaced with anus, etc. Jesus. Uh, oh, spaghettiosification. <laughs> and so they go through the portal. Yeah, and uh, the book stays behind. Yeah, it leaves itself behind. It's like, hey, you guys have fun. Yeah. Have fun storming the castle. I'm going to stay here. You know, it occurs to me that <laughs> they probably should have guessed that the book would not go through the portal because it's been read before and hasn't gone through the portal. Hmm. Like, they know the story of Fred disappearing and having read the portal or read the book and then ended up in the portal. Hmm. And so, like, I don't know. It seems like maybe they should have guessed. A bit of an oversight. Yeah. A little bit, little, little bit of an oversight, sure. And then they're through the portal, and as soon as they're through the portal... They realize something that I think should have been brought up before they drove through, and that is that, hey, look, sunlight, because Angel was like, oh, maybe I should I put the top up? Will that matter? Nobody mentioned, hey, maybe you should put the top up just in case it's sunny out. Well, I didn't think about the time change. Why would they think about the time change? Because it's portal hopping. It's another, it's another oversight. Lots of oversights here. Yeah. It's totally excusable, Rex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you know, why didn't the only reason I could think of that they didn't just say, why don't we put the top up just to be safe? Right. Like why not? Why take the risk? Yeah. Uh is cuz it's easier to film them in uh, a convertible. Yeah. And they don't have to get a camera inside the car. And they can light them, it's easier. That's it was a bullshit excuse. Right. Anyway. But it does give us this great scene where the car comes to a stop. Angel has a moment where then he realizes that, oh, it's sunlight, and he starts frantically trying to, like, cover himself, and everyone starts trying to help, and he's freaking out, and then realizes he's not on fire because, hey, it's not one sun, it's two, and apparently the curse only works with our sun and not the two that they have, and he's not on fire. Yeah. Hey, and that's more evidence that this is secondary and not parallel. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, but one of the quotes that I got here from Angel is, can everybody just notice how much fire I'm not on? And he's just giddy about it, like a little child. Yeah, it's kind of kind of adorable this whole time. Uh, Wesley is fascinated and therefore must pinch Angel's cheeks because right. he's apparently his elderly aunt's now. Yes. He had to pinch Angel to make sure he wasn't dreaming. Yeah. Because that's how that works. I, I mean, I, I think he was checking the consistency of his skin for, <laughs> uh, for science. For science! Yes, science! Uh, I mean, Angel's probably killed for less. Not Angelus, specifically Angel proper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wesley says, and we're together, and we didn't merge into some freakish four-man Siamese twin. Gunn rightly responds with, wait, that was, a, that was an option? That was a risk? That was a risk? Nobody told me about that. Well, Gunn, you see, if you had been here 
like you're supposed to because you're paid for it, mm-hmm. then maybe you'd have been told these sorts of information. If you didn't have other people to worry about, yeah. you selfish bitch, <laughs> maybe you'd have known that. But, you know, also, maybe he wouldn't have come along had he known that. So, and also, you know, nobody told him where the hotspot was and he found right. that just fine. Yeah. So deal with it. He fucking knew shit he shouldn't know. Maybe he should have known that too. So Lauren recommends that they hide the car with some brush or whatever since Pylea doesn't have cars. Another quote of the day here, going along with Angel being elated about the sunlight thing. He says, oh, hey, look, there's some over in that patch of sun. I'll get them. And he's as happy as a little girl. Speaking of old ass jokes, my bad. And that's not even really a joke. It's just a weird reference to SNL. So Right. Uh, Gunn, for some reason, feels the need to give Wesley a uh, a bro shake over how cool it is to hop dimensions. To be fair, it is pretty fucking cool. It's, it's kind of cool. It didn't really seem to... I don't know. It seemed out of place and unnecessary. So, so yeah, they decide they need to get their asses moving on finding Cordy, who is probably in desperate need of a friend. Yes. Cut to Cordy being in desperate need of a friend. <laughs> yes, she is. Uh, she's she's hogtied and surrounded by a bunch of people in some sort of like cave cavernous place. Yeah, and the the big green dude from before comes yep. in wearing this executioner. Constable Narwak. 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 Yep. He confirms that her vision was true. They found the corpse. I hate this motherfucker's costume and his. Uh, makeup. Right. I hate everything about this character. Yeah. Uh, Completely agree. It's this cheap, shitty-looking Ren Fair type costume. Bad green latex paint job on his face. Uh, he's supposedly in awe that she predicted the villager being attacked. Yeah. And he's like, before it had come to pass. <gasps> oh! And as he said this, I realized why I hate all of these people's acting so much. Why? They don't have British accents. Something about medieval settings. <laughs> these characters just need British accents. It feels so Yeah, they don't really have any sort of accent. Yeah. They should have they're like, completely, it seems like they should have an accent. They're completely Midwestern American. Yeah. Honestly Before it had come to pass. It's like the fucking whatever those guard dudes in uh Oh, maybe that's what they were going for. Uh you know the guys from the fucking the name of the episode, the movie that the name of the episode is referencing. Oh. Wizard of Oz? Wizard of fucking Oz. At the end where the guy's like, She's dead. You killed her. I wonder if maybe that's kind of what they were going for. I don't know. Honestly, though, now that you mention it, it kind of bothers me that they are speaking English at all. Like, yeah, I'm over it. But yeah, they should at least have some kind of accent. Yeah, they absolutely should. Could have gone British. Could have gone Scottish. Could have gone fucking Russian. I don't care. Yeah, just anything that... Could have been nondescript weird accent. Something like, made know. up. Like most of the accents in fucking Game of Thrones were essentially made up. Yeah. I mean, they're based on real accents, but. And they did a really fucking good job. Yeah, they did. Of making the different regions of that land sound like they have their own distinct, unique accents, right. even though they're all just British. Right. Uh, 
Anyway, enough about that. Some priest walks up and he's t- speaking on a test that they need to do to make sure that the the visions that she's getting are indeed the curse. And the test involves stabbing her in the face, apparently. Yeah, with something that looks like an, a red hot awl. Yeah. And Cordelia screams. There's no and evidence later that she's actually been stabbed in the face with it. But, you know, even a red hot poker getting close to the face, that can't be good. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's, that's not fun. It's not comfy. It's scary, <laughs> definitely. Cut to a clearing. Well, the clearing. Yeah, back back to the woods where they finished covering the car. They're like, oh, that should do it. And there's like one stick on the car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they all pick up a bunch of brush all at the same time that they'd gathered. So they're like, okay, we're ready to cover the car and go now. And Angel's like, don't forget the book. Or Wesley says, don't forget the book. Yeah, and then Angel's like, I don't have the book. You have the book. Somehow Wesley has forgotten that he was holding the book when they went through the portal. Yeah. It's like, dude, you read the fucking incantation. Obviously, you were holding the book. Mm-hmm. So everybody's pissed off that they can't find the book. Wesley supposes maybe it only exists in their dimension for the sole purpose of opening portals. Which would make sense. To Pylea, not from. And Angel keeps their asses on task and barks at them to find Cordelia first, then worry about getting home. Lauren makes an excellent point that they don't have alcohol here. Not that it matters. You can't get drunk, Lauren. Right? Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, yeah, they're on a schedule here. And if there's nothing you can do about it now, then that's sage advice. Definitely stop bitching about it if there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and besides that, there's no point in stressing about the book because you should probably make sure you have Cordy first. Right. Like, honestly, it's kind of better off. You don't have to fucking worry about carting the book around, you know, because you got to find Cordy. Yeah. And then they just have to worry about finding an ancient library or some... Finding the one person in the world who knows how to open a portal to another dimension. But here's a moment where it clicked to me is like, what the fuck were these people thinking? Because Lauren, in the very beginning of the episode, mentioned that, hey, you don't want to go to Pylea looking like a human. Right. Why? Why did they choose to go here? They prepped for this. Why did they choose to go to Pylea? Without changing into any other clothes. Dressed in modern like, civvies. And it's yeah, not like, like they didn't have Lauren who could have coached them. Exactly. They couldn't have, like, first off. Well, Lauren wasn't being very cooperative. Right. For starters. But also, like, at the very least, Angel, you could vamp out and then not look human. Also like, that. You could, help pretend the other, the humans that are with you are slaves, something, anything at least try try a little bit try just a little bit yeah i couldn't squeeze all the plot holes into the one plot hole emporium i'm sorry there's a lot here yeah there's a whole warehouse in back (laughs) of other shit Uh, come back on half off saturday oh it's actually black friday today yeah oh geez i could have cashed in on that (laughs) oh well it's still yeah it's just it's uh, yeah, you, you guys are they are smarter characters than this. It's kind of a hot dumpster fire of an episode, frankly. Yeah. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Place I'm told that's not all that healthy for you.
So cut to Cordy where she's completed her exam. Yeah, and she's a, a bit out of it. Uh, you know, apparently being stabbed in the face and healing being stabbed in the I, face. I think she did pretty well for not studying, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, she passed the test. She is, in fact, cursed. And for the backward savage yokels that have decided that she is, in fact, afflicted with the curse of the sight. Well, duh. I mean, <laughs> right. we could have told you that. But they drag her out of the room. She looks rather the worse for wear. Yeah. She's not having a good day. Now, back to somewhere else yeah, in Pylea. Back to town. Uh, Lorne takes them through his home, I guess, and the home of a childhood friend. A uh, childhood friend named Blix. Sure. Yeah, that fucking yeah. guy. Oh, I remember Blix. Yeah. He, Definitely. They They go way, way back. They go way, way back. But not back far enough because uh, Lorne is chased out of Blix's house and he has an axe. Oh, no, not an axe. And calls, yells, calls him a traitor and they, they, you know, they all have to take off running. Yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot of time and they go from not being seen at all to having a mob of Lorne-like demons yes. chasing them with pitchforks. Yelling, traitor, deserter, we don't like those things about you. We will stab you for it. But we're definitely just going to hold them at you for a while first. Yeah. Well, they, they corral them essentially essentially to the center of town. Yeah, we got to get you in just the right place for the stabbing. <laughs> they get to the center of town. They're surrounded completely. And they decide, ah, you know what? It's time to fight our way out. Yeah. Now, now, that, now that we're completely surrounded, it's time to fight our way out. Good plan. Uh, brings me one of the... Quotes of the day. Gunn says, I take the 20 on the left and you take the 50 on the right. Okay. <laughs> and they fight. Yeah. And Wes thinks that they're winning. <laughs> I think we're winning. Cut to nope, they're tied up. Yeah, they're not winning. <laughs> they're not winning. Uh, nice little uh, Voldemort flip there. Uh, for fuck's sake, like, they saw how good of a warrior Landok was. They, there's no way. Oh, yeah. You want to try and win against... 70 of those dudes? Yeah, seriously. Good luck. <laughs> so uh, now they're tied up in a circle. A horse-drawn chariot arrives carrying the Sheriff of Nottingham, followed <laughs> by two dipshits on horseback. <laughs> um, he of, It's okay. It's not the Sheriff of Nottingham. No. It's Narwick. So he, of course, recognizes Lorne, or I'm sorry, Krev Swath of the Deathwalk clan. I love how they have to fucking say his entire name. Every time. Every time. Every yeah. time. Uh, he refuses to recognize the cows as Lauren's friends, as they are beasts of burden. No more. And fucking hell, God, the way he talks sounds so stupid. I hate it. <laughs> like, did the casting director even hear him talk at the audition? <laughs> or was this another Renfair recruit like Landokmar? <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck, fucking Narwak plays the they are dressed so strangely card and just bitch please who fucking wrote this nintendo right god <laughs> damn it's so stupid rex it is it is it's profoundly so, it's profoundly stupid. stupid yes profoundly stupid <sighs> so the whole fucking episode they separate lauren from the group and yep. tell the rest that they're being taken to the dungeon for the crime of assault against their betters or some shit, which all seems way too formal for cows, if you ask me. Yeah. Why would they even talk to them and not just immediately slit their throats? 
Yeah, we get moments where they treat the humans like animals, but then they're not treating these humans like animals for some reason. I mean, okay, so there's a solid argument for cow being kind of a euphemism for slave here, but barely. Right. Barely. Gun has to push Narwex buttons here because... He's gun. Yeah. He likes being punched or making bad jokes about orange vests that are completely lost on literal demons from another dimension, I guess. Well, and this is another moment where we've gotten quite a number of moments in these later episodes where they are not writing these characters as intelligently as they are supposed to be. Yeah, no. And this profoundly is one of those moments because I'm sorry, but do you think Gunn doesn't know how to interact with somebody who is threatening to kill him? Specifically, an authority figure that wants him dead? You you think Gunn doesn't know how to talk to him to not provoke him? Yeah, maybe don't antagonize him. And I guess they're trying to... I don't know. They do this a lot for Gunn in this episode. I kind of decided not to bring it up. I had a few other things in my notes, but now that you mention it, they keep giving him these tokenism ebonics things. And this, the whole playing the power dynamic in a scenario where it's a bad idea to do so is part of that. No, like in this is a black stereotype that they are forcing upon him. And there is no question in my mind that by the way the story is written he should just be killed on the spot. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why they'd cart him off. Gun is not that stupid. Right. I hate that they made this decision for his character. This whole episode, the entire fucking... The only one who seems to be written as having any sort of intelligence about the situation is Cordy. Because, at the very least, you know, she's like, hey, I shouldn't be yelling for help. Fuck. Now, granted, though, she's mouthing off the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. Kind of works to her character, but she's still smart enough to know that, hey, maybe I should play along she a bit. She knows when to stop. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's painful. It's painful. Very. Cut to uh, Cordy and Silas in wherever they were when they were doing the tests. Silas is the brown hooded tattooed yeah. uh, demon dude. And he says, the time has arrived, my brethren. She is indeed cursed with the sight. I'm surprised he didn't say cursed instead of cursed. Measures must be taken. Blood must be spilled. Dun, dun, dun. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, cut to a dungeon. There's some shitty, ludicrous banter about magical alloy chains, but not really. Gun is just making himself feel better. It's a bad joke. Yeah. Wesley finds the impenetrable walls impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise. Gun will cause Wesley bodily harm if he finishes that sentence. I kind of wouldn't have minded that at this yeah. point. It would have right. been more interesting than what was happening in the episode. Let's get some infighting. Sure, why not? Uh, Wesley compares their situation to the Towers of London, you know, because he's British. Yeah. And everybody's less than two-dimensional in this episode. Yes. Angel hears something at the door with his vampire ears. And, of course, he hears something, and Gunn is like, oh, I don't hear anything. Like, somehow <laughs> Gunn has forgotten that this dude's a fucking vampire. Wes has to turn around and mouth the word <sighs> vampire. 
vampire to explain to Gunn that if, that's why he can hear the voices. As if he hasn't been working with Angel all goddamn year. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. It's it's all really condescending. Yeah. Like this whole fucking episode. Anyway, Angel hears through the door two, gu- two guards discussing a slave that had visions. They assume it's Cordy, rightly. Um, and then they hear the guards coming. They back off from the door and they're to be carted off to be sentenced. Yeah, so now they're reunited with Lorne, who is also in chains. Quick quote of the day, Angel says, what did they do to you? Lorne holds up his chains and says, oh, well, first there was the welcome home parade thrown in my honor. Ticker tape, streamers. Honestly, I'm so touched. I almost wept. (laughs) It was good sarcasm. Yeah. Good sarcasm. And it was the kind of sarcasm that needed to happen because really, that's a dumb fucking question. Yeah. Somebody (laughs) needed to point it out. So Angel gets Lorne all up to speed on what he heard about Cordy. He wants to know if they're going to be taken into the the chambers in the next room together or separate because he's trying to plan a fight. Yeah. But Lorne doesn't know because he's never been sentenced to death before. Duh. Angel has a plan. Hard air quotes. <laughs> Hard air quotes? We should fucking carve those in stone. Yes. <laughs> Hard stone quotes. <laughs> Narwek says some stupid shit. I really couldn't wait for him to be done yeah. talking. Some shit about relishing seeing them dead, worthless cows or whatever. I hope he fucks off in the next episode. Yeah, I hope he fucks off <sighs> as much, if not more so than... This is making me miss Landokmar. Right? I really miss him. I kind of want to. There was a, a little bit of entertainment from that character. I want to send least. him a Christmas card. <laughs> so they enter the next into the main chambers, and Angel picks this exact time to start fighting the guards. You know, just yeah. as they're entering an unknown room that could potentially be full of tons more guards. Yeah, great plan, Angel. But luckily, it's just Cordy sitting on a throne wearing a sexy reflective bikini, a sequenced bikini. Sequined, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Nope, because she she is now their queen, Something I guess. Something or other. They're some sort of lord. The whole fucking... Oh, God, I hate this goddamn trope. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate it. I was so pissed. <laughs> I did not remember that this happened, and I was so fucking angry. Yeah, my, my brain definitely <sighs> was like, oh, we don't need to remember that. It's like, oh... Filter that out. She goes... She, the whole trope of oh they're, they're savages and oh they think that she's their divine god or ruler or something that's it's, never been done before they also do this in an episode of rick and morty which to be fair came well after this but- hell it's in fucking star wars oh yeah the ewoks think that uh, uh c-3po was their god oh ha. hell i'm sure this has also been done in futurama or it ever you know now that you mention it probably i simpsons did it yeah i'm i'm positive the simpsons did it it <laughs> is one of the most overused fucking tropes ever when it's modernish people come to some tribalistic backwards past people or whatever right well let's get it's, back to that in a moment yeah in, meantime sorry gerarg gerarg is this for me i must be ready I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in here. Hold on. 
you've got something here on. So tell me how you really felt about I this episode, Rex. Fucking hated it. Gee, <laughs> it was so fucking dumb, and it was padded out the ass. Oh yes. I was like, I literally had to stop halfway through the. I, this is the first time I've ever fucking done it. I had to stop halfway through the episode and just step away because I was so fucking bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a hot dumpster fire. That's for fucking sure. I, it's a raging dumpster fire. Um, speaking of dumpster fires, have you seen any of the new Beavis and Butthead? No, I haven't wanted to. I've <laughs> I've assumed that it was a going to be a dumpster fire. No, I, it's that's actually just a reference to one of the episodes where Beavis is talking to a literal dumpster fire. Oh god! And it's telling him things to go do, um, but it's actually things that are bettering himself. <laughs> <laughs> Go read this book and write a two-page essay. <laughs> why, uh, okay. uh, why would I do that? <laughs> I am fire! No, it's fucking funny. No. Uh, New right. Beavis and Butthead. I might, ha I might have to check it out. New Beavis and Butthead is better than this episode of Angel. It's actually I, all quite funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, this this episode was stupid as hell. I'm annoyed that we're going to spend the next two episodes in this fucking world <laughs> continuing with this storyline. Mm -hmm. It is a stupid episode, and I, I'm not looking forward to the rest of this. Yeah. Like, okay, it, it, let's just get Fred in the show and move on. Yeah. Oh, dear God. But here we are. Oh, well. Hey, did you have a quote of the day, Rex? I guess. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to go with. I love. I really liked Angel's response to not being on fire. It, it amused me. Okay. Uh, his line can everybody just specifically he interrupts everyone to be like, "Hey, hey, this is more important. Can everybody just notice how much fire I'm not on?" Yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's quippy. It was it was quippy. It was one of the few moments in the episode where I actually was amused. And it's so rare to see Angel happy like a puppy, right? You know. He's, he can really be a fun, endearing character in those moments. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I, okay, I was going to give it to Angel. So this is my runner-up, Angel, saying, lawyers, don't you people sleep during the day? But I'm Yeah, it was a good one. So, but I'm actually going to give it to Lauren. Hey, I'd rather have a hydrochloric acid facial. I'd rather invite a hive of wasps to nest in my throat. I'd rather sit through a junior high school production of Cats. That's, that's it. Because that's funny shit. I, you know, I, I'm torn. I'm not sure what would be worse: being subjected to Pylea or a high school production of Cats. <laughs> They're both fairly equally. I think I have to add Pylea to my list if I if I run into something that I don't want to do. Because fuck Pylea, <laughs> it's boring. Yeah. Well, save it as a gift for. You know, if you ever run into Pinhead and you need to enjoy some good <laughs> suffering, it'll be nice. It'll be a fun time together. Uh, there's a new one of those coming out. Uh, remake of Hellraiser. Yeah, it's already came out during Halloween. Oh, it did? I haven't seen it yet. We should watch it, though, because my roommates watched it without me. Oh, those and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that on the, uh, on the live question and answer session that we're going to have for our Patreon supporters. No. Towards the end of January 2023. We're all going to watch the new Hellraiser together. It's official. I'm doing that. 
Okay, not really. We're not doing that. <laughs> I think I don't think that's even legal. We can't do that. No. So, uh, hey, this has been another episode of Ale with Angels, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Check us out at beerwithbuffy.com. Um, if you add a slash shop onto that, you can find some shit that's our shit and that you can buy it, and then it becomes your shit. But it's still our shit because yeah. we branded it with our logo. And it'll remind you of us forever. And it'll remind your friends who don't know about us to come also listen to our podcast and review us on iTunes so that maybe they can win a free hoodie. And we're getting close to that number, guys. You know you know what else you can do is you can just buy a hoodie. That and too. Then, and then you don't have to wait to win a free one. And if you're not into all that, you know, clothing and buying shit and <laughs> you just are like, I have so much money. How will I ever get rid of all of this money? <laughs> Boy, I sure do love these people. It's too bad there's no correlation between these thoughts. Well, I have that correlation for you right here. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash beer with Buffy and buy our cat naming perk for five or ten dollars or whatever. You didn't name your own price. Fifty. You sh- that's the best cat naming tier. Yeah. Um, it's $50 a month. Give it to Beer with Buffy. And support our podcast. Buy us booze. Help us stay on the air. It'll be it'll be great. Um, if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. Big shout out to JJ Treadway for all our opening and closing music. Uh, we also have a sister podcast now. It is called Wubba Lubba Pod Pod. And Rex isn't on it. It's just, no, I'm not. <laughs> just me and Alex from the heart. Check us out. We've only got a few episodes at the moment. Just go to www.wubblepapodpod.com or jump on any of your favorite social media platforms, except, you know, maybe not Twitter. It is it's, it's quite kind, funny. It's kind of a dumpster fire. Oh, thank you. Yes. And just search for Wubblepapodpod or Wubblepodpod or Wubblepapod on some play. Anyway, this has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Have a better night than this episode. Yes. done why are we watching this <laughs>